Hi there, my name is Chris. I'm the host of the Cult Film Companion Podcast. We are the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. I'm a firm believer that a cult movie can come from any time period, any director, any movie studio, and covers a wide variety of genres, often within one single movie. It's all about the legacy that these movies have built up over time. Tune into the Cult Film Companion, and remember to keep it cult. But don't drink the Kool-Aid, because it'll make you sick. Or kill you. Take care. Yes, 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 it's time once again for Knowledge This Degree here on the Blind Knowledge Network. My name is Joey B. I'm hanging out, man. I'm doing the thing, doing the damn thing today on Sunday. Yo, we're over at blindknowledge.com. We're at Instagram, The Blind Knowledge. We're at Twitter, at Blind underscore knowledge we're on tiktok at the blind knowledge we're on facebook for some reason and this is knowledge to this degree podcast again my name is j to the o to the e to the y with the b added there and with me today i have the one the only the man with the funk that is the funk it is funky funk it is the funk he is double the funk he is double the cult he is from the cult film companion he is the host with the most the best of the rest what up chris welcome to the show thank you for having me yeah pleasure's all mine bro i'm glad you could make it um i apologize we should have been up and running a little bit but we're not looking in the past we're not doing which is ironic because my show deals mostly with movies from the past. It is, uh, <laughs> it is ironic, actually. <laughs> that is ironic. What what is the last movie that you guys uh you guys watched? We are going to be watching either today or tomorrow a movie called Altered States from nineteen eighty one, which is trippy as hell. It deals with using psychedelic drugs and using deprivation chambers to try to find the soul the soul yeah it's kind of a body horror very philosophical movie yeah it's uh it, it's it's out there which is perfect for our show nice um hey chris why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast um what do you guys usually go over you know for someone that's never heard you never seen you um maybe give them a, a little intro a little 101 so the cheesy tagline that i came up with that everyone else seems to like is that we're home of movies off under and ahead of the cinematic radar what we do is we focus on one movie a show we do a deep dive we watch the movie together. I have a co-host who has professional acting experience, mostly extra work, but he's you know he's been ex- he's done extra work in big Hollywood movies and stuff. Yeah, so he's got the professional background, and then what I do is I do probably about at least an hour or two of research about each movie before we even do the show. So really, wow. Yeah, it, like an audio commentary that comes with the movie, I'll listen to it. I'll put it on in the background when I'm doing stuff around my apartment, and then I'll take notes here and there about what the director says. It has been described to me as hearing a conversation of two people that just left the movie, like if you were at the, the coffee shop together and you both seen the movie, and it's kind of like the interesting conversation in the table next to you. You, you, you kind of hear someone bringing up points about the movie that you didn't maybe uh, realize at first, and... 
I have my points of view. Andrew has his points of view. We have guests on, which is great too, just to interact and talk about movies. But it, what I found is when I started to, to do the show is that I wanted movies that not a hundred other podcasts have covered before. Yeah. So I kind of I go out of my way to find some weird movies, and Andrew brings some weird movies to the table, and then we have people recommending movie cover and yeah the thing with a cult movie is that it kind of takes i always say that you can't go out of your way to make a cult movie it's just kind of happens over time the audience might not be there initially in the theater it's the kind of thing that you find on a home video or the kind of thing that your friend recommends to you then you recommend and they recommend and it kind of spreads word of mouth so those kind of movies fair Fair. What uh, what made you start podcasting? Was it uh, something random? Was it something you kind of always wanted to get into? Maybe a broadcast, maybe radio, or something like that. Like, what sparked Chris to go into this medium, this industry, and uh, you know, get wet in the pool? I've always, uh, you know, for the past couple of years, been listening to a lot of podcasts for a variety of topics and. I had a friend on Facebook who wanted a, a guest to talk uh, horror movies on his podcast. I did that, and I had a blast. And I thought, well, I have all this knowledge of movies because I've been a, a lifelong fan of movies. I worked at a video store for a couple of years, so I got to watch tons of movies. And thought that i could bring an interesting opinion chris i gotta know i gotta ask you this question so all right so you got into podcasting right you're doing the damn thing why cult film was it something like you grew up and you just like i know you worked at the movie store right so like do you like did you like going to the movies like did you have like this you did okay were you like taking the rental just like had to like a stack of them basically and <laughs> kind of hoarding them like that. It was always movies were always kind of like a reward. Um, like my dad would take me and my brothers to the movies on the weekends after a good week at school or we'd rent movies. That was kind of like a reward. And then it just kinda like when I got into my staying up late, watched uh, heavily edited movies on cable television and then i saw i just started i kind of um kind of i i wanted the weirder stuff i always it was never weird enough for me like just give me the weird weird movies to watch okay because at the time i was a big pothead at the time (laughs) you know i was like any if it's gonna have trippy visuals and like a cool soundtrack and then like give it to me now right on right on so yeah they've always been interesting to me and yeah, I've always liked the, the 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 stranger kind of movies. Not the not the big. I mean, I like a big uh, blockbuster movie like anyone else. But uh, to me, I kind of always kind of gravitated towards some of the the more indie kind of stuff or the weirder, low budget experimental kind of movies. So, what do, did you like? Uh, are you a fan of? I should say, are you a fan of Clockwork Orange? Is that the kind of weird you're you're looking for? Oh yeah! Eventually, we'll probably get to a Clockwork Orange. The first cool 
Stanley Kubrick movie that we're going to be covering is actually his first movie called The Killing. That was the kind of thing, too, that happened with me in movies. I would find a certain director that I really liked, like Stanley Kubrick, and then watch everything that he had done. Uh, Clockwork Orange, 2001, Full Metal Jacket, The Shining, you know. Good movies. Really good movies. It happened with uh, David Lynch, discovering David Lynch as a director, uh, David Cronenberg. um, Just, you know, that's kind of just the evolution of the show. I'm hoping is that we just kind of bring attention to certain movies that people can just kind of check out every once in a while, check out something different. Yeah, and I think people would enjoy that. I think, um, you know, you can only show the same thing and talk about the same thing with the same people so much. I mean, for me, I mean, just speaking personally, because, you know, I can only speak for myself, I'm always looking to switch it up. You know, I, I like certain things, but I, I'd like to just reach out, you know, branch out. I never really thought of cult films, but I've been listening. You know, it's like, uh, cool. All right. I, you know, I don't get some of it, but I like it. I dig it. You know, maybe I'll, um, I'll see one of those movies when I'm, well, not at the movie store, but maybe in like, um, I don't know somewhere online or uh in like a old record store you know some of those places have some movies and old uh old vhs's even and hopefully they have a rewind uh machine so chris let's get into uh let's get into you a little bit so um you are up in the northeast right you are surviving the snow that is not sticking at the moment yeah it's not sticking we got nothing going on here we got we got snow yeah i'm uh Living in Providence right now, but I've been a Rhode Island native all my life, except for a couple of years living in Boston. Yeah, I actually went to Northeastern for music. I was, uh, oh no, I shit. was, uh, I had dreams of being a, a musician. So. What uh, what instrument? What was, what was your uh, what was your love? Mostly guitar, uh, some bass, uh, some keyboards. I I have no rhythm as a drummer. That's like the only thing that I, I tried yeah. to do that I just I, I think it's my hand eye feet coordination is just just not good. Yeah, I tried to play some drums for a little bit and I had control of three of the four of my limbs. So I could do Okay. I could do like the bass, like I could do the kick drum and I could do the tom and I could hit the uh the hi hat then my left foot just wouldn't wouldn't you know go with the beat so i'd have to kind of cheat and have the hi-hat kind of close in so i hear you there it's i think drums is like the hardest one knowledge this degree we are live uh presented by blind knowledge i am sitting down with chris he is the host of the cult film companion podcast you can catch them over on acast and uh chris is also on twitter uh, Chris, what's your handle on Twitter? At Cult Film Comp. At Cult Film Comp. Cool. Do you find that you connect with a lot of other podcasters on Twitter? Absolutely. Um, and that's what I've uh, kind of started to do is guest on other people's show and have other people eventually guest on uh, my show. Um, yeah, it was funny because I was talking to some people prior to guesting on one of their shows and they were telling me that you know a couple just a couple of years ago that 
podcasts were a lot more cutthroat and they weren't going to allow you to come on and, and talk and then things have I have no idea if that's true or not, but I found everyone to be very, very welcoming, inviting. I think maybe just because I have such a niche show that you're either gonna love it or you're not. And that's fine. I mean, we're definitely not for everybody. Um but I, the people that do like the show really, really like the show, which is kind of coincidental, ironic, because that's kind of the way things are with cult movies in general. Like people really, really love these movies for and they'll rewatch them and you know that's kind of what we're we're aiming for for the show is just to kind of like grow our little um cult, so to speak. <laughs> the cult following of the cult the film. Cult following companion. of the cult the actual companions. It's just funny too because I came up with a couple different names and mm. cult film companion was my least personal favorite. But when I put up a poll on Facebook, it was like no question. Everyone loved it. So you had to go with the uh, you have to go with the pop uh, popular opinion, I guess. Well, you got to I I think that I've just learned through listening to a lot of talk radio and a lot of podcasts is that you got to know you got to know who your audience is or who you want your audience to be and you got to give them what they want and they'll keep coming back. Mm, I agree. I absolutely agree. It's like you have a a great organic loyal following like a core crew which is inva uh it is just invaluable it's um actually to have that that's an asset for sure you have like your core group probably talking to people word of mouth like you said for the um you know comparatively speaking for the for the movies the cult films so that's cool, man. It's like a, it's an organic following. Those are the people that are going to stick with you. They're going to listen to your old episodes. Yeah, I've been over to that Facebook group, too. There's some action going on in there, dude. There's, um, man, people sharing, people commenting, a lot of engagement. Um, very cool. Very cool stuff. That's kind of what we're all about is just kind of, you know, it, there's no shame in our game kind of thing. Like if you like, if you like a bizarre movie that nobody else likes, then like chances are you're going to find someone in our group that digs it as well. And that's cool. Yeah. Like you said, it's all about interaction too. Like I've stepped up my, uh, my social media presence pretty much just because of the show as a way of interacting with people, because I, I think it's cool. Like that, you know, somebody, I don't know, in a state that I've never been to listening to my show and likes it. And then shoots me a response, like a little email. Like it makes my day. Like it's just so dope. Um, or if you yeah. recommend a movie for us to do. And I, and I do my best to interact with anyone that, that shoots me messages and stuff. Like I, I, I understand that that is something that, like you said, is going to help create an organic community. And that's kind of what I want. I want an organic community for kind of uh, the misfit toys, you know? <laughs> yeah, you have like an old school, like Grateful Dead following. You know, they're always... <laughs> always they're always there. They're always, uh, they're always down for the cause. And yeah, I can see how... Not everybody's, you know, slam cup of tea, but um, it's definitely interesting. I think you're onto a good niche. I, I don't, 
you know, I've looked around. I don't see too many uh, other podcasts touching the kinds of content you are. I mean, you're going underground. You're talking punk rock almost, which just in movie terms. It's do you try to do that? Do you try to go for the obscure? Or is it on purpose, or do you just kind of feel like one day, like on a Tuesday, like we're gonna go with this movie because I want to see it, kind of thing? Like, how do you how do you choose what movies you're gonna uh, talk about? Uh, sometimes it's very calculated, and other times it's just selfish that I it's a movie that I want to talk about, and some right you know sometimes sometimes the movies that I, I don't want to talk about that I kind of get um coerced or kind of like my my arm pulled by uh, a guest or by Andrew saying that they want to do a movie turns out to be one of our more popular episodes. I never know the episodes that I think are going to be the most popular or are. <laughs> It's always the one. Some of them I kind of be more popular than others, but I think one of our best viewed, best, most listened to episodes is one of the more recent ones for Shallow Grave. I didn't think was going to get such a, a a large audience, but um, Shallow Grave is the first movie done by Danny Boyle, who really broke big with uh train spotting in the late nineties and then uh slum he won the the Academy Award for Slumdog Millionaire, did 127 hours, 28 days later. Uh just a great director. And this was his first movie and it's um it's weird and it definitely has a cult following, but um yeah it's one of our most popular episodes. So for someone listening, someone that just dropped in on a live stream, or someone that uh, just, you know, they discover Cult Film Companion. Um, you know, if they're trying to get more into it, if they're trying to understand it before they want to hit play or download, you know, how would you summarize the show? Like, format-wise, is it is it a debate kind of thing, or do you guys go in-depth more? Like, um, what's, what do you, what do you hit on? It's it's an interesting dynamic because I'll come in with a lot of the technical aspects of the movie, the cast, crew, where it was filmed, was it filmed on location, what did they make sets for, any notorious scenes, and Andrew will comes from a different mindset, so it it can be a debate at times. Sometimes we'll de- debate the merits of a movie. Um, it's it's much more kind of like it's a real i i mean i know it's a cliche phrase but it is a really a deep dive you're going to get all the all the nuts and bolts of the movie you're going to get the plot of the movie the themes of the movie um definitely one thing i know that's a big issue with people is that uh it, just due to the nature of the movies that we're talking about that we will spoil everything about these movies so it's not a oh spoiler. yeah so um Uh-oh. that's that's a big thing just because to really talk about all aspects of the movie we have to be we don't we can't have any restrictions on ourselves to say that okay well we can't talk about the ending of the movie um plus these a lot of our movies i mean the most recent movie we did was from 2005 so we're not doing we're not spoiling spider-man wow we're not spoiling <laughs> spider-man far from home or no way home because uh, you know, I I know that's an issue uh, with certain people, so that's a big thing. <laughs> if you, 
But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's true. I know that I'm onto something if I can have my parents listen to the show and they get something out of it. More so, my dad than my mom, because my mom, I kind of get the unconditional. It's 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 really good kind of thing. Oh, mom's mom always loves. She can't. Uh, she, she loves her baby boy. It sounds like. Yeah, it, it's awesome, and I'm glad that it's the show. <laughs> but it's I I I it, when my dad calls me up after he listens to an episode, he gets something out of it. Then I know that I'm like, okay, I'm on. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Some justification for some hard work and uh, sacrifice. It sounds like a lot of time, a lot of effort goes into these shows. Like you guys. Um, you know, for, for anyone listening and watching that hasn't checked out the cult film companion, you guys do go deep. You deep dive, oh, yeah. you swan yeah. dive, man, right in there. You guys talk about some things that I would never even think to to bring up. And yeah, man, it's 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 a whirlwind. It really is. It's something different, it's something I think we need to promote more on blind knowledge. We gotta figure out a way to get that out there. I'm learning that Instagram is not the spot for podcasts yeah, unless you got no. video. Um, you can't even hyperlink and click it. So that's that's just a note. But we got to find some ways. We'll think of some ways. Blindknowledge.com will be up soon, maybe even this weekend, maybe even today. Just keep hitting refresh. We'll be up there eventually. Um, but, you know, maybe on there we do something called film companion-wise. Maybe we have some kind of giveaway contest, you know? Give away yeah. small movies, um, you know, educate the youth on these on these great films and you know styles that are really not replicated or duplicated these days. Um, you know, there's some really good stuff there. When you're when you know, from a personal point of view, like your tastes, you know, basically, like what would you define a cult film as? Like, where's the cutoff? Between cult See, that's film and non tough because I had this debate with somebody on a podcast and they brought up to me something that I was because I never considered it this way. My my mindset for a cult movie is something that kind of appeals to a very minority audience, not minority ethnic ethnicity wise, but a minority of the actual audience, maybe like five percent, but these five percent will be like over the moon in love with the movie, like it's the best thing they've ever seen, and they will uh buy physical copies of the movie and they will talk about it and they will recommend it to friends and they will watch it a couple times a year. But somebody, when I asked them, I was like, Well, what's the first thing that comes to mind? For you, when it when it comes to cult movies, and they said Star Wars, I was like Star Wars. Okay, and then it's <laughs> interesting. Like, that's why kind of my initial reaction was like, really? But then they kind of explained it to me that within the broad spectrum of Star Wars fans, you have like these very diehard fans. Oh, cosplay one. Well, not, I shouldn't ones fans that will dress up like R2-D2 and will be there for the tickets when they go on sale, like the day before. Like, those diehards? 
So like, I was like, okay, you know, so like, I, I don't personally consider that a, a cult movie, but it definitely has cult appeal just because you will have these diehard fans. Uh, you'll have people that think that the Force is a real thing and that if they try hard enough, they're going to achieve the Force. I have yet to see anybody successfully execute a jamming trick, but I would love to. That'd be, uh, that'd be trending, I'm sure. I, I, I kind of think that it's such an evolving term, too, because movies will, and I see this sometimes labeled on, um, on newer movies coming out, a, a reviewer will say it's an instant cult classic, which I personally, I, 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 I am of the mind that you can't really go out and make a cult movie. But then we also have movies that I think that have, were once cult movies that have passed into the mainstream like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, I would say, was like the first old school movie. It was, you know, midnight showings and people dressing up, and but now it's yeah. like that was a time, but it's still it's still the thing, like, oh, yeah, especially around absolutely. Halloween. Um, yeah. But to me, it's it's kind of a movie that didn't didn't make as large of an impression as that probably it should have. And that's just my opinion. I think that more people should have seen some of the movies that we cover on the show. So you mean like originally when it first when they first came out into theaters, or just you know in total over time since they've been released? Both. I, I another common thing that I've seen come up with movies that we cover on the show is that it's not an easy movie to market. You know, we never really seen. Like, you never really see, like, videos, you know, like Blockbuster back in the day. You know, you don't see, like, um, album art, you know, those movie posters anymore. You know, they're not as, you know, like, you know, we were... We were discussing like movie posters. I was telling you, I think those are fly. I think they're, I think they're really eye catching, and they're old school. They're vintage, and you just don't see that. Like you don't see these new movies coming out with like hand drawn art. There's something. There's something we could definitely, you know. I'd like to see society bring that back. They would hire like legit artists to design these movie posters from like the '60s, '70s, and '80s. You'll see amazing works of art done by legitimate professional artists. Everything now is kind of a cut and paste. You know, there's not, there's not as much, there's not as much uh, love put into it. Um, I agree. I agree. It's like all templates and, and, and plastic. There's no feeling, no emotion. It's no, all you can like, see behind, like I, have, I, I have a physical media collection for, mo- for movies that I love. The movies that I cover on the show, just because to me, I view it as any other per- piece of art. I, I, it's to me, it's not a digital file on the computer. Um, it's something uh, tangible. Like, uh, you know, I didn't grow up in the era of records. My dad had a huge record collection. I grew up, but like, like I, I had shelves of CDs, like physical CDs. Like that was my thing. And I think that, unfortunately, because physical media isn't as relevant as it is now, there's thought put into the the art that goes into it, which is unfortunate. 
though. Yeah, there's like a whole package. It's not just the movie. The movie is obviously the bread and the butter. It's the it is what it is. It's the thing. But yeah, like usually, you know, back in the day, there would be like posters, and they'd be like. Um, just like all kinds of little trinkets that you could get and like just weird things that would pop up here and there, like stickers and pins and things like that. You just don't see that kind of underground thing happening. Everything's very mainstream, at least from what I see, because I only see what's what's uh, presented to me, really. Let me ask you something, though. Like, if you were going to go to the movies right now, like, what would you go see right now? Would you even go to the movies right now? Do you have any interest in that? In 2022, what would I go see right now? I'd go see Jackass. <laughs> That's what I. Yeah. Would go okay. Okay. I would it took me a second. I'm like, no, Jackass, absolutely. Uh, That's what I would go see because <laughs> I love those guys. To me, it's entertaining. That's the that's the thing. <laughs> if you find it entertaining, why you. not? You know. But uh, what about you? What would you go see? I have no idea. I have no idea what's out there. But Jackass, I would go see for sure. For sure. I uh I used to watch like CKY back in the day, which was before right. Jackass. That's what Bam was on. Uh Gators and uh those kind of uh raunchy um <laughs> almost low yeah. quality uh movies that would pop up there. And then they they evolved into Jackass, which came and uh, blew up. It was huge. And then Bam had the Bam show, I forget. Viva uh, La Bam the show, but uh, all the the LaBam, yes, yeah, I used to watch that all the time, bro, all the time with his crazy uncle with the three, <laughs> five, seven chins going on there. Yeah. Just a wacky bunch, man. And yeah, Jackass, dude, what a franchise! Who would have ever thought that these dudes throwing themselves downstairs, just like just doing the craziest shit and hurting themselves, legitimately hurting themselves, like. uh what I read was Johnny Knoxville actually broke his back. Yeah, I've heard that. It's crazy. Like, they get hurt. They get busted up. Have you ever listened to Steve-O talk now that he's uh, on the uh, righteous path? That is, sober? I mean, for anyone that wants, of all people, I can't believe I'm saying this, but if you want to idolize someone turning their life around and being healthy, Maintaining their sobriety, Steve-O. Oh my God, I've listened to a lot. I I uh, I watch yeah. his show on occasion, the Wild Ride show. He actually he did a live performance in Providence. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. Um, but I mean, to see where he came from to where he is now, that's inspirational. That's that's huge. Um. And the fact that Johnny Knoxville is still alive is, is amazing. That's a miracle with a capital M for sure. And a, and a capital miracle because that dude is, um, he's fucking crazy is what he is. They all are. You got to be a little fucked up in the head to a little something there to like just you know, just put yourself, sacrifice yourself, basically. There's so many things that could have gone wrong. Things have gone wrong, but they could have been a lot worse. Did you ever see Action Point? No, never heard of it. Ironically, I watched an interview uh, last night with Johnny Knoxville about 
action point because I had been watching a, a video about him talking about Jackass and then like the next thing queued up on YouTube. And he did this movie a couple of years ago. It's actually based on a real amusement park in New Jersey that like had no rules and like unfortunately had it's been well fortunately it's been shut down, but unfortunately was the cause of many serious injuries and deaths due to its rides. He did this movie action point about it and I, I'd never heard of it when it came out and apparently it bombed at the box office. It was going up against one of the Avengers Affinity Wars or something, so it had no chance anyway, but he said that that was the movie that he got the hurt the most on. I was like, well, in a sick way, I kind of want to see it now. I kind of want to go out of my way to see it. If this is the movie that he actually got the most hurt on. I'm sure you're not alone, too. I'm sure there's there's a, uh, a solid, solid uh, piece of the population that definitely uh, gets down on that. Then there's other wouldn't admit it <laughs> for sure. It's hilarious. It's just funny, man. It's so funny. Where would MTV be without Jackass, man? They were uh, they were on the low, and they still kind of yeah, MTV. But yeah, they the Jackass thing because uh, that was after Celebrity Deathmatch. I'm pretty sure they had you know kind of come off, which was their big thing at the time. I remember that. Yeah, Celebrity Deathmatch was great. I was I loved Beavis and Butthead. That put MTV like on the map for me. Like I loved it. I grew up like when music videos meant something. Like they weren't just something on YouTube. I remember you'd for a new music video to debut, and like like you get hyped up for it. And then um, Beavis and Butthead came and just like ripped those music videos apart. Genius. And I think they're coming back. Everything's coming back now. I think so. Are they really? Where are the like the new ideas? Like. Where are the thinkers, man? Where are, like, the people that, like, usually back in the day thought of new things? It, it just seems so stale. Well, coming back to my show, that's kind of, we we do the movies that are the outliers. We're, we would do the weird movies that would go up against the blockbuster movies. And, um, yeah, some of them are very punk rock, DIY. But there's there's some really great original movies they just don't have the hype train behind them they if you're not i mean disney by the end of this decade is probably going to own everything like disney owns everything now um it's if you're not a disney associated kind of product like your advertising is not being seen by anyone but then again like i i feel like a hypocrite because i'm like oh yeah but i'll tell you the most my most anticipated movie of this year the batman can't wait how many are they gonna make i'm just curious like are we just gonna keep going we're just gonna have the return of the return of the batman i mean as long as they keep doing something unique with it i'm optimistic about this one i'm very optimistic i used to be one of those people that said fuck robert pattinson fuck those twilight movies and then i started checking out some of his like his independent movie roles that dude can act. Let me ask you this: like an actor, you know, they're they have to work within the boundaries of a of a director and a producer, and you know they got to work with their co uh, co hosts or or their um, their colleagues, I guess. Do you guys basically? Do you guys ever get into that aspect of like directing and what they do and producing and what they do? Because someone like me, some some. Uh, knucklehead like me who doesn't know like it would be really helpful 
to to hear that, to know, to pick up on that, get that, uh, illuminate that blind knowledge, if you will. Yeah, we do. It helps to me if I'm able to find interviews with the director or listen to the director commentary about a movie about how they were able to get certain performances out of people or if they knew that something wasn't working right that they had to scrap and yeah so i get it i do that much more than andrew does he he's more of a surface level kind of gut feeling cerebral kind of guy i'll i go in more for the the technical stuff about how shots are arranged and how a director coaxed this great performance out of somebody I got a great example for you. Have you seen the movie Bad Santa? Oh yeah. Yeah. So this is this was a great acting this is a great directing tip that I, I got listening to the commentary was the, the little kid that he befriends, the, the short little stubby kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were like, Well, he was so good, he looked the part, he basically got casted by just like look at he showed up like in those clothes, like the the shirt that's too tight tucked into the shorts. Uh, he showed up at the casting call, so they 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 loved him. And uh, well, the director loved him. The studio didn't want him. The studio wanted like some clean cut Disney actor. The director's like, no, it's got to be this kid. And the kid was great. He memorized all his lines, but there was just something missing for the performance. So the director said, "All right, I got to get something." He's like, he's not eager enough. He's not giving me enough energy. So it goes up to the kid. This kid's eight at the time. So you got to imagine you're directing an eight-year-old, which got to be a nightmare. So he goes up. He goes, who's your favorite movie act? And the kid thinks for a second. He goes, every scene from now on, I want you to picture Adam Sandler instead of Billy Bob. Whenever you look at Billy Bob, I want you to interact with him as if you're interacting with Adam Sandler. Kid got it. All of a sudden, the eagerness is there. The kid, like, the questions that are because he's constantly barraging Billy Bob Thornton with these questions. He's like, "Where's Mrs. Santa? Where do you the reindeer?" Uh, yeah. So, like, you gotta like as a good director, you gotta have to think on your feet and be like, "Okay, well, how can I get this eight year old?" Like, it's one thing if you doing an a talking to an adult who's experienced. This kid had never acted. Oh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know that. So he was like he was a straight rookie, just showing up, just being like, "Hey, I'm eight years old. I got this blonde hair. And I'm here." <laughs> and they the part that's amazing. Yeah. So like that's, that's, uh, that's pretty- I, and I try to do that sort of research for the movie so I could drop these interesting tidbits and stories because I think that some movie podcasts. I'm not going to say any off the top of my head. They kind of just hit some of the plot high notes. They'll hit some of um, the low points of the movie. They'll kind of they'll make jokes about this, that, and the other thing. Um, we're more of a cerebral, a more I don't want to say thinking man. That sounds pretentious, but we we try to like really dissect these movies. My perspective as a host of the show is if I was teaching a film class and this was going to be the day's study. And we're go- I'm going to tell you all about Repo Man and whether or not you want to hear about it. So, like, when you're going deep, when you're going deep dives, swan dives, cannonballs, whatever you're doing in the pool of uh, cult films, if you will, 
Um, are you talking about lighting? Are you talking about where the cameras are? Like, what kind of aspects do you go into? Uh, it depends on the movie. Um, sometimes there's certain directors have certain techniques they use. There's something that's very interesting that doesn't get used a lot, which I'm kind of surprised is called a split diopter lens. You ever heard of that? No, educate me, man. What is that? A regular movie lens, if you have someone in the foreground and someone in the background, they're proportional, you know, like they're closer up to the camera and in the background they're farther away. A split diopter lens will put the person in the foreground and the person in the background at the same level. So you're kind of, it's a, it's weird when you see it. It kind of takes you, you're like, wait, that's, your eyes are telling you that's not right. The proportions aren't right. This person should be further, further back. But I don't know enough about the technical aspects to really get into that all that much. I kind of go by what my research tells me, but there's scenes in Shallow Grave where, that take place in the woods at night that are lit entirely by the car headlights, which is amazing. That's funky. So no, uh, no, no. There's no big, uh, big white lights or anything. They didn't have the money for it. <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> afford it. Which is kind of what I, I, I've been learning about. A lot of these movies have very... Every once in a while, we'll cover a movie that has a very large budget. Um, but most of our movies are on the smaller side budget, which leads to some interesting choices creatively, you know, because you got to get around that budget. To make it look as good as you possibly can. That makes sense. That makes sense. So they have to like, um, you know, find ways to get around things, loopholes. Like, so we can't afford four pillows. So we're gonna have to get two big ones. Thinking outside the box. Thinking outside the box, dude. This is knowledge. This degree. I'm hanging out with Chris Cole, film companion. Man, he's over on a cast. They're over on Twitter. At this point in time. My friend, would you have anything you would like to tell the audience about um, your social media, where they can find you? I know you got an IG and a Twitter. Uh, let's enlighten the folks that just joined the live stream. Where can folks find your podcast? Where can they interact with you? Just give them all the uh, the information. They we need. are on Facebook at the Cult Film Companion uh, Facebook page. We are on Instagram at Cult Film Companion. There's underscores in between Cult Film and Companion. Um, the best way to interact with me and the show is on Twitter at the Cult Film Comp. Also, very easy, and I checked this before I came on here to make sure it was accurate. Very convenient for me that if anybody just Googles Cult Film Companion, we're the first thing coming. Hey. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Sure. Um, we're gonna be uh, the only other thing that the only other thing that actually comes up is uh, there's a Japanese book called The Cult Film Companion, which deals solely with Japanese pop culture and movies. Uh, but yeah, if you throw it into the Google machine, you throw in Cult Film Companion, you're gonna get everything there. You're gonna get where all our podcasts are. We are. T I'm going to continue posting on ACAST, but by the end of February, we are going to be moving to either Spreaker, Good Pods, or Blueberry. I, yeah, I no! wanted to drop that bombshell for you. What? Uh, oh, dude. I wish I had an explosion sound with some applause, but I don't have them preloaded right now. Dude! Yeah, man. That's that's such a solid move. You gotta get out there. You gotta be on Spotify, 
Apple, the you know, Amazon, Google, all those, because that's where sort of people are, man. It's that's how people are gonna find you, that's how you're gonna uh develop this following, get more uh, audience reach. You know, it's all about distribution. Um yeah, the big ones are good too, Spreaker and Anchor. Those are usually the go-tos, but there are some there are some other great ones out there. It's coming down to me. I'm, I've been narrowing down the list. I have been doing my research with talking with you and getting some suggestions, but it's coming down. I, I'm looking at Spreaker or Good Pods lately has been uh, kind of uh, blowing up. Good Pods is the spot. Um, I'm actually thinking about hitting up Good Pods myself, which is almost sacrilegious. Um, but yeah, you know, it just seems like it's growing so quick. I see them all over Twitter. Um, and I visited the other day and it's clean it's crisp and there's so many people so many podcasts on there it's like a it's almost like a big community uh it's pretty uh it's pretty inspirational because as you know dude it's there's a lot of oversaturation uh in the industry and you really got to pick a good niche like i think you got a good niche you're not just doing movies you're not talking about like siskel and ebert stuff you are a going deep dive, going into like the intricacies, the camera work, the like the director getting that good performances out, and how do they do that? So you got that aspect right there, which is gold money, or just gold, <laughs> or just money, whatever you want to call it. But also, B man, you got cult films, so you're not going after like dodgeball, you're not going after like um. I don't know titanic you know like you're going after things that um maybe and possibly and most likely people haven't heard of yet so you're you're introducing something new and that's pretty cool and it's not new well it's not new at all it's actually anything before 2005 but it's new to the person that connected to what you were saying and um you know i think I think as you go and and the show evolves and more people find out, you know, there's no reason why a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, you could have a huge following just like that. You know, it's just, it seems like it's timing, you know, sometimes with these things and, you know, I don't know. You just got to ride it out, man. You work hard, you know, you put in the time and uh, you, Usually good things happen. So keep going. Keep doing what you're doing, dude. This is my man, Chris. He's part of Blind Knowledge, a cult film companion podcast. Are we ever going to get you on YouTube? Chris? Yes. Um. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah? Oh! Um, it's, I'm sure it's much easier than I'm thinking, but I just got to find a way to convert the MP3 to MP4 to, to load up onto YouTube. But yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to do it because I... Mm. myself still check out uh the occasional podcast on youtube and, and um i've got the original okay. art to do it so there's no um that's the big thing that I, I worry about with youtube is um but since everything that we have is original that we'll be posting um yeah um my my big focus right now is to narrow down exactly which platform to uh to move to um by the end of February, so maybe March, April, we'll we'll start expanding to uh, YouTube, and um, at some point, um, 
doing um i i wanted i was talking to you about doing some interactive shows with uh with fans to talk about cult movies that's what's up we could do that on blindknowledge.com and we're gonna have the live stream be able to tap in we have a seven seven number dude you can get texts you can get calls we can make sure it's wired in for you uh i think i gotta forward it or something but yeah eight seven seven two three seven one one four three give blind knowledge a call they might even call back yeah i mean you can do you can do so many things it's um Especially that I love the live thing, man. You know, I dig podcasts and everything. Don't get me wrong, but that interaction with the audience and and really like um, you know having fun that way. And you know, I, I think any interaction with the audience is great because the audience gets to be a part of. You know, it's like, wow, Chris just he just responded to my email. Like that's cool. I listen to this guy every week. There's Chris. You know, he's a big deal. Like. You know, maybe an audience member saying that at dinner, like, and you made someone's day, which is yeah. Cool. I I definitely think that um, what I like about when you were describing to me the website and the collective is the emphasis on the social part of social media. And I think a, a lot of people they lean onto the media part, which is fine, but it's it's all it should really be. It's designed to be interactive. That's why we have it, right? We are out of time. I'm Joey B. This is my guest, Chris D. of the Cult Film Companion. Uh, this has been another edition of Behind the Content Knowledge This Degree podcast presented by Blind Knowledge. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time on Knowledge This Degree, people. I hope you have a great day, a great week, a great month. And hey, go check out a cult film or two. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hi there, my name is Chris. I'm the host of the Cult Film Companion Podcast. We are the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. I'm a firm believer that a cult movie can come from any time period, any director, any movie studio, and covers a wide variety of genres, often within one single movie. It's all about the legacy that these movies have built up over time. Tune into the Cult Film Companion, and remember to keep it cult. But don't drink the Kool-Aid, because it'll make you sick. Or kill you. Take care.